Welcome to Tribe Talking. I'm Flacky. He's Mooney. We're two passionate fans of the game with the funny-shaped ball. Are we experts? No. Opinionated? Very much so. We're going to talk Chiefs and the great game in general. Oh, here we are. We go again. Episode three. Um, we got some listeners last week to uh, Tribe Talking and... Thank you to those who have listened, and we will continue to entertain as best we can. Before we get into God's game and talk about what has been a crazy week in rugby, we've got to talk about the little brother, football. So to any England fan who's there, we know how you feel. We're Exeter Chiefs fans. We know what disappointment in finals is. Um, my heart goes out to young Saka missing that penalty. I know he's not listening, but honestly, I wanted to go down and give him a hug. I'm a Scotsman and I'm not a football fan and my heart went out to him. My heart goes out to the country because if you if you could smell disappointment in the air today. So commiserations, England. And Mooney, out of the two of us, he's the one who's taken this a little bit more personally, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, I've had this overwhelming sense of melancholy just hanging over me today. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I almost feel like I've been dumped. Oh. Yeah. It's Ooh. that's you know I haven't felt that feeling for quite a while, but that's how I kind of felt this morning. Uh, I, you know, it's this. Look, I'll support my country in any sport, and I will get on board big time. I got on board with this. I was this is exciting. You could feel it permeating into all areas of society. Yeah, God, they might they might do this. This would be so good for everyone. I kind of wanted you know wanted it for everyone. You know, yeah, it, it was it wasn't to be, and. A lot of my uh, football friends, <laughs> honestly, they're inconsolable. And everyone said, oh, how are you? Because I made a big song and dance about it yesterday. But I, I said, <laughs> you know, I said, actually, I'm, I'm quite used to this feeling now of seeing my teams lose in finals. You know, obviously yeah. with, with Chiefs. And, you know, I went to the World Cup final for the rugby. Oh, yeah, and of course, yeah. So... You know, I had that immediate like, oh, but it's more of a frustration. But then you also have this like overwhelming sense of pride that these guys, you had it the same with the rugby, I had it the same with Chiefs, is they they take you on the ride. And, mm. and often the ride of just getting to the final in itself is the best part. Yeah. I and, mean, with everything that's gone on in the country as well, I mean, we've had basically 16 months of, of restrictive disappointment. Yeah. Government, government-backed, restricted disappointment, and then you've got this. Because I mean, as I say, I don't know anything about football nowadays. I I stopped supporting as you did many, many, many moons ago, and there are a bunch of young lads, from what I can tell, who've knitted together really well as a team, not as individual. There's no Lampard, there's no Beckham, there's no there's no names in that that team no. that have this legendary in inverted commas status and no ego, and they seem to play together. I mean. Credit to Gareth Southgate. I remember watching him miss that penalty against Germany back in 1996. Yeah. Um, I think I might have cheered, actually. We'll edit that out. That would be very Scottish of you after the... Uh, was, one of the earlier okay, okay. Gaza had chipped Colin Hendry and scored that wonder goal. And we were terrible because we're terrible at most international sports. But, you know, to that the, the journey he's been on, of yeah. retribution, shall we say, has just been. It's, it's, there, was, there was a storybook store waiting to happen there, a Cinderella story waiting to happen. And it just, I mean, I, I was, I was, I had on Sky Sports new updates. I wasn't watching the game until the very last last bits. 
And I saw they went 1-0 one, one up and I went, if they score again, they're in here. But they just backed off, didn't they? And uh, I think when you're That's trying it. to defend a one-goal lead for that length of time, it's going to... But yeah. one one thing, I, I you know, we're talking a bit too much about football here, but just something that I, I feel like is is a little bit relevant to rugby is is the kind of, you know, the culture side of it. Mm. We bang, they bang, well, a lot of rugby teams bang on about it. We know what ours is like down at Chiefs. Mm. And we know what Rob Baxter's put in place and the culture's been right. It's facilitated Exeter's rise to where we are yeah. now. Exactly. And if, yeah. at, and if you compare it to, I guess, uh, you know, the England of the, you know, the the noughties and the early, uh, I don't know what the last de- decade was called, but, you know, the, it was just disappointment after disappointment. And you've got mm-hmm. all the egotistical players that didn't like each other. Yeah. Southgate, in many ways, like Baxter, kind of brought in this, you know, uh, you know we're not, let's not be arrogant here. You know, we, we don't deserve anything. We've got to create this culture of, you know, everyone wants, everyone's working towards the same thing. Both very humble. And I, I that really resonated with me, which I've yeah. never, That's which a- I've never got from, uh, it was definitely not an England football team before, never in a million years. That's a very but- good point that you've made there. And I'm wondering if you think, if a good bit of sports analysis coming up here from Mooney and Flacky, which is very unusual. If yeah. you look at the two men, Baxter and Southgate, they, I mean, Rob Baxter came up all the way from what Div Four, the Chiefs yeah. skipper. He, he's bled for the team and for the club as a whole, and now he's on. Is it Gareth Southgate? He was a, I wouldn't say well, he was a mediocre, average, stalwart player. You know, he, yeah. he put in put the hours in and has worked his way to the position he's in through just hard graft, isn't he? And I mean, I know a lot of people don't particularly rate him as a club manager, but he's he's clearly got something. He's not. He's not an. He's not an ego character. He's not. He's not walking into that dressing room and saying, oh, "I'm in charge." Blah blah. I look how great I am. Look at the things mm-hmm. I've achieved. He's going. This is what I did in my career that worked. It got me into the England team. It got me and my my teammates to a semi final. We can we can build the same sort of as you say culture and atmosphere. And there's a there is a serious similarity as you say between the two men's styles. And that would also suggest that. Is there a, there's obviously a blueprint for success, and I think it, it bases, as you say, on building from the building from the base and having humility um, in the in your prep and the things you do. I, I think I really think that is one of the key tenets to a successful uh, team. Yeah, you you have to get that right first. Yeah, of course you can just throw gold dust at things, and that might you know, it might pull that off. But mm. I think with uh, with the right culture in place, you can get a team a lot further than you you could get just a spat- smattering of quality players. Okay, well, so, look, look at the great teams that have been to Manchester United in the nineties. Sorry, I'll say it in hushed whispers. Saracens, yeah, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester, Leicester Tigers, us, this mod, this England side, Arsenal in the two thousands. It was that gelled structured unit everyone played for each other and if you and you could take one player out and put another player in it's like they haven't gone they haven't disappeared because they've still got that mindset the skills the skill set would vary but they stick yeah. to their plan they stick to their structure um and yeah so yeah well look at that that was a bit, that was a bit professional yeah but if, if you if you got like if you had 15 rugby players and they were all like 
don't know, Johnny Wilkinson. Mm. They were all this, uh, you know, that team wouldn't work. No, not right? at all. They'd all be yeah, trying to do their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Or if you had 15 Finn Russells, it'd be chaos. <laughs> it'd, be hard, you know? it'd be a really high score. Both it'd be like the Hunger Games or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, that would be Martin Johnson, 15 Martin Johnsons. Oh, but, geez, that'd be murders. Yeah, so, actual on-screen murder. Yeah, so my point about the team cultures, and then I, I wanted to say something about the, um, the <laughs> I guess, the supporters' culture, because, I mean, frankly, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love passion, but some of the mm. stuff, some of the stuff I did see, you know, before and after the game were pretty, they were vile, really. And, they were absolutely well, you're right. And I, and I thought, I, and just referencing my World Cup final experience, you know, we, I was, we were walking up to the, uh, the Yokohama Stadium and we're just, we were all stopping at like 7-Elevens, like, you know, convenience stores all the way up and we would just buy a beer and just talk with whatever fans you saw, you know, a lot of South African fans, Australian fans, New Zealand fans. And there's like, there's no barriers. There's no police on horses. Mm. Uh, we're all having a laugh together. I got into the stadium. Two Welsh blokes sat right behind me with daffodils on their heads. It was and, obvious. And they just, they ripped me the whole game. You know, in good spirit, in good yeah. spirit. But at, at the final whistle, they were the first two to come up to me and just say, ah, oh, sorry, you know, sorry about that, mate. You know, yeah. and I, I just think that, that, like, the rugby culture is so, it's, it's a bit of a weird one because it, after the game, I met some Japanese rugby fans. Yeah, we spoke about and, them last week briefly. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they were saying, like, you know, the rugby culture is so removed from Japanese culture, but then they were immediately among their people. They mm -hmm. felt like. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, they were like, oh, yes, rugby people. This is, you know, this is what we've, we've been missing. And, I, you know, it just obviously transcends all sort of uh, nations. But if you play rugby, you're always going to be close to a friend. And, I, you yeah. know... I've I've been I've been gunning for this. Or I mean, those listening, the Moody's been sort of put, putting the brakes on me a bit because I've been trying to not rip into football fans about the actions of. A, and it's always in the minority. It is always yeah. the minority. It is not the dad and his two boys who spent thousands of pounds to go and see the game last night. It's not about the the lads on the lads who from the local football club who come together to go. It's not them. It is a finite number of lobotomized apes. Who just love to tear stuff up and destroy things because why not? That's then that's the reason. And then you see the hate that um, the, uh, the three penalty misses have got on social media because they missed the penalties and they happen to be black. It's absolutely it's outrageous. It's, a, it's outrageous. It's absolutely yeah. outrageous. If you just if someone turned around to Michael Rashford and said, "Bit of a shit penalty, mate." Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a bit of a shit penalty. It's a shit penny, and you're black, and you're a bastard. You're like, I beg your pardon. You can't yeah. say that to anybody. That is absolutely that, that is just the worst and the the lowest of the low. And then, why why, why the, should you why should you attach? You, you know, you, they attach so much emotion yeah. to to you know one mistake somebody makes, and their whole life you know falls apart because of whatever mistake. You, exactly. You know, if you talk now, about you I, going down to Jack Maunder and screaming yeah. at him for putting up a box kick in the Heineken in the in the uh, Prem final that led to a led to a try in the corner of a marching. Yeah, he, he just did what he thought was the right thing to do at that moment, and it didn't work particularly well. That's not a reason to wish death on the man. And as you said, 
you just get over it. But yeah. I think that comes back to the sport in general. The whole purpose of rugby is literally about getting up and dusting yourself off and getting on. Every time you hit the floor, you've got to get up. You can't lie yep. there. You can't let your mates down. You've got to get on your feet and you've got to keep playing. The fact you've got to pass the ball backwards to go forwards means you've got to go as a unit. You've got to go as one. I think that and that tr- trickles down into the support the support of it. The the concept of being barriered off at a, at a game from the opponent fans to me is just the weirdest thing. I want to be sat next to a bad fan at Sandy Park. Yeah. I want I want to have crap banter about who's got that cider. I want to have crap banter about you know Ollie Devoto coming over to us. You know that sort of stuff. I want to be able to engage with the fan the the opposition because that's the whole point. That is the whole point. It, it, to me, that is what rugby is about. We um, a couple of years ago, it was a sail play. We played at home to sail, and we got the train from Paynton train station. And uh, this one solo sail fan got on the train, and he saw that we were Chiefs fans, and he said, "Oh, what you know? What what station do I need to get off at?" And we told him. He said, "Oh, I think I'm going to go into into town first. And we were like, "Yeah, we'll get off at." You know, exit central mm-hmm. and have a look around. And we said, "Oh, you by yourself?" He said, "Yeah, I've just I just made a pledge to myself to go to every away game this year. Not you know, I've had to go to you know, Exeter's a long way from Sale, so I've had to come by myself." And he was uh, he was staying in a cheap hotel in Paynton, so we didn't see him. And then we we just bumped into him again, but back at the ground, and we just adopted him for the day. <laughs> and we just we just said, "Look, you're our guest now." And we, he didn't pay for it. Nice. We ended, he, we all went, we all got the train back, and I think we were all still together about two o'clock in the morning in some dive bar in painting somewhere. So it was, uh, oh, it's yeah, it's it's just like a cultural exchange, isn't it? Because last week we touched on this very briefly at the end of the episode regarding Sandy Park's East Stand, which, as we all know, is being redeveloped. The East Stand is going to now incorporate a standing area and a seated area. But that involved with this is a £5,000 investment to allow to increase the budget to develop the stand. Mooney and I didn't really know much about this at the time. We had a very brief chat about it. And over the last week, we've read about it more. And what we can understand, because of the access perks, shall we say, that you get for your £5,000 investment, which, by the way, not everybody is allowed to do. You have to have basically a 10% threshold of investment from your personal assets. Yeah, I don't know what that really means either. I'm guessing that's some corporate stuff. Means What's an asset? <laughs> What's what one of those? Something you, something you own? Yeah. But anyway, basically, they're turning the seats into a corporate box without making it a corporate box. You even get your own bar. The debenture bar, it's called. What the fuck? Well, yeah, I mean, from... From what I, we, it's not all of the seating. It's only the part the in the centre. Yeah, the best seats in the house. Number. I mean, the you know, five grand loan to the club. You get discounted on the season ticket, fifteen percent discount, I think, and then you get the money yeah. back after a few years. But I, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way that if even if you have five grand, it it's almost like well, yeah. It's all well and good having five grand, but that's still not enough. Mm, yeah, I think I mean from to play devil's advocate for it for a small 
for a small moment. And bear in mind, I don't agree with this. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I understand the investment's got to come from somewhere. I just don't like the way it's been done. Yeah. And the so this is say for example, you and I see that and go, ooh, nip down the bank, take a five grand loan out, go back in, here's your five grand. Um, I'll have my seat, please. Yeah. That will put fans in a financial burden that the club in, in essence is taking on because if if for example you and i ended up okay i've taken that five pound i've ended up in financial jeopardy or why have you given five thousand pounds to exit rugby club you're then opening the club up to elite if anything goes wrong you can turn around and say well hang on i need my money back and i need it now and if you've got 25 30 people doing that that's a lot of legal fees that the, the club would have even if the club won they'd still have to pay so they're probably trying to protect themselves in that regard but that, what really rubs me up the wrong way is the group of debenture ticketing. So if you could have like five or six seats for people who probably aren't Chiefs fans who've just got it on a corporate giveaway that week because they like a certain kind of sparkling mineral water from Devon. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. just, it, it's a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll save, yeah, we'll save the, um, the, the best seats for some corporate stuff. Yeah. And I know, I know that's, that's where a lot of clubs make the money on the corporate stuff, but you just kind of want to also be able to have that opportunity if you wanted it. Yeah. And the way I, the way I look at it, when you look at baths, is it the South stand? You know, it's all corporate boxes, isn't it? There's no yeah. seats there. There's no terrace there. It's just corporate boxes. If you're going to build a corporate area, build a corporate area. Don't, Jazz it up as something it's not. Turn around and say, no, this is the corporate boxes. If you want to hire one for the day, you can, but it's going to cost you so much after they're built. But don't say, yeah. don't say it's, oh, it's, it's a seating area. Because let's be honest, there's probably some, some Chiefs fans of a certain age who, can't, who would like to sit down, but they, they can't, get a, can't get a ticket on the West Stand. They'd probably like a seat on the East Stand if they could. But they, Definitely. They're, they're going to be shoved up in a corner um, because some mate called Tarquin, who bought Tony Rose and tires has got has got a better get a seat than he has or she has i mean yeah I mean, the, the, it's noughts and crosses the money's got to come from somewhere the stand needs building they want it done by christmas um so it just as yeah, i think it's just it's as you say mate it's the fact that no one not everyone can get involved i just yeah for a community club like Exeter, which is what well, the reason I became a fan of them is because it's such a tight knit little little bunch. Yeah, it, just, it has a it has a whiff of the London clubs about it. Do you know what I mean? It's but, yeah, we just we just that that's that's kind of what it felt like to me. What's next? Yeah, what was it? Harlequins have Maserati parking. Oh, something like that. Yeah, we I I don't feel like that's us, but. You know, if it's a smart way of them raising capital to get the stand built, uh, you know, I also understand that. However, I might have five grand inheritance that I'd love to spend that money on. Yeah, and that's and that's your choice as well. That's your choice to take that risk. It's your choice as a fan to choose mm. to support your club. Um, and let's be honest: if you went down went down to Sandy Park and said to them, "I'd like to give the the club five grand, please," I think they pretty quick, quickly go. Cheers. Do you want anything for it? No, no, I just want to give the club five grand. Cool. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm sure I, think, I think they'd take off you pretty quickly. And there would be no talk of percentages off the online tribe and all this sort of stuff. So, But, um, 
yeah, it's we're going to watch we're going to watch that story with some interest, I think. But the other the one plus side of it, I suppose, is it's going to speed up development of the stand because they'll be able to get it built quicker. So they might actually have the stand finished. I think they're aiming for it by Christmas because it ties in with the 150th anniversary. So, and also it'd be nice just to like just have something to stand again because I'm, I'm, I'm that's where I go. <laughs> I can see where I stand. East stand, East stand is the place to be. It's just it's a hole. To be. Yeah, it's a lovely view of Devon on BT Sport. That's yeah. It's a lovely view. You think they put the cameras on the other side, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> true, just, true. Just for the end of the season, can we stick the cameras up? Just put, build one of those temporary scaffolds over there. We'll stick the we'll stick the cameras on that side. And look at the west instead. No, we'll just look at the M5 and South Devon. It's worth it's worth pointing out if there are any debenture uh, season ticket holders listening, and you want to take me and Dave to a game, then oh, yes, we, we won't endorse your product. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is you want us to push, we'll push it. Don't worry about that. I will wear it. I will eat it. I will drink it. I will bathe my firstborn in it. Just give us a free season ticket, please. Thank you. Oh, oh no, I've got a puncture. I need who's the Tony Rowe tire guy? Ah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there yeah. we go. so we've had a serious chat about uh, culture in sport and the comparison between football and rugby. We've spoken about corporate stuff. You've asked talking about some actual rugby. Well, uh, we haven't spoke about full kit this week, but unfortunately, I haven't seen him, so we might as well move on from that as well. Okay, well, how about we go and talk about 23 full kit wankers who are down in South Africa at the moment, two of which, play, well, two of which played against the South Sharks in the first game. And yeah. three of them played against the South Sea Sharks in Sharks v Lions 2. Nothing sounds like a sci-fi movie better than that. It's the Sharks v the Lions. Um, so Dickie and Simo started against uh, the Sharks in the first game in what, let's be honest, mate, the, weird, the weirdest week in international rugby. Yeah, how amateur did that whole thing oh, feel? It's just oh, seven forwards on the bench. Seven one split. Owen Finn Farrell, I found yeah. out today. Owen Farrell took a scrum cap because he thought he might have to pack down. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been amazing. I'd love to see that. But Even also, that. but also, <laughs> it, it does like the fact that it all kind of went to shit because of the COVID thing. I, I was something like basically one of the coaches got COVID. Then they had to test the four uh, the players, and then one of them had a low level COVID positive test. So then they had to isolate their four contacts as well. So it was effectively eight players out or something like that. No, yeah, between eight and tw- eight, eight and twelve. But yeah. a couple of them were riding injuries like Hoggy's dead leg, so he he may or may not have been involved. But it was pretty is obvious. That, is, pretty dead obvious. Leg, is it a cover? I hope it is. I hope it's not. I don't know. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come on to we'll come on to hockey because we, yeah. we didn't speak about him last week because he had nothing to do. No, but um, yeah, it does. It's pretty obvious which member of the coaching team it was because it was the entire back division apart from <laughs> a small handful that were playing on on Wednesday. Yeah, <clears throat> Mr. Townsend, I hope you're okay, and I hope you haven't got the Rona and you just shake whatever it is, you'll be fine. But uh, no, I, mean, I think so. Back to the Chiefs boys, I think. Luke had a great game. He was he was up for that. He played really well. Some great carries. His line-out throw was superb. He's perfect yeah. for the tour. He's perfect for it. Made a couple of good turnovers as well. He was in there a couple of times. 
He's, he doesn't care about his own personal health, does he? He is. No, he does not. He does not care about his personal well-being at all. If you were to design um, perfect hooker to go on a tour of South Africa, in my mind, is Luke Kaundicky. God, there's an open goal of a joke sitting there, Mooney, but we're just going to keep uh, on <laughs> I'm trying to tee you up. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, uh, no, I, will, I will start landing. When we've got more, more of an audience, I'll start learning, landing some disgusting puns, but we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll carry on. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, talking of disgusting puns, there was a guy called Cock playing for the Sharks in both yeah, games. He's playing. He's playing uh, in the South Africa A team as well. Great, is head. he? Yeah, Ooh. great. He was, he's he was we'll come on to Saturday's game in a minute. But he was the one that sent uh, Elliot Daly absolutely flying, wasn't he? So yeah. Um, but uh, I think yeah, this, this, Simmons had a good game as well. He was they, they, It was a bit frantic, wasn't it? It was a bit. I mean, it was, a, it was nearly a week ago now. I'm sure taking more notes on the game, but I, I, he made a couple of really good carries. Yeah. Um, I just think that they, they, they looked like a team that was disjointed, I think. And so everyone was just blasting around. You, trying to yeah, you could, you could tell that their whole preparation had been just had gone to total pot. Yeah. And, and actually, interestingly, seeing how the Lions are using Simo differently than we do. Mm. So uh, when, you know, they're like picking and going, he, he's not at the base of it like he would yeah. be. For us, they, he's out in a channel somewhere, which makes mm-hmm. also makes a lot of sense. So people are probably like, "Oh, you know, he's not scored five tries in one game like he does for Chiefs." But they're definitely there's definitely a game plan that they want to use with Sam. I think they're trying to bring him in as a third centre. Yeah, look where he yeah. stands. He's just off, just off from the twelve as a second runner, isn't he? And, and well, there was a couple of breaks he made that were absolutely devastating. Yeah, I think if he. I think, I think the high altitude might have got to him a bit because you can see him starting to slow up. Going, oh, oh, this is this isn't this isn't good air. There is no air. I'm just going to lie down now and give the ball back to Farrell. But yeah, he, there was yeah he was he was devastating in the loose. Um, and one thing I was very impressed with both him and Karen Dickey did the chop tackles they're putting in. So good. They, they are so low. I mean, they, they're tackling these lads' boots. I mean, that's dangerous place to put yourself as well it's so much can go wrong putting those tackles in but max oh, commitment and it's, don't worry, it's only a tour game it's not a test max commitment which was really good to watch I pray <laughs> they, they both come back without any major problems I, really no, I, think, I think realistically I don't think there's any position that is guaranteed in the no. test no, uh, that, no. that's where I am at the minute it could like I can't Say for sure. I think Conor Murray is the only one just because he's been made captain. But, However, but, I can see arguments for everyone out, like everyone else in each position. So, well, that brings us on nicely to Saturday, um, the Saturday game against the South Sea Sharks, which was chaos for the first forty minutes. Let's be honest; it was they were not prepared to go down. They were not prepared to let the Lions win that game, which which was good. It put a real test on them, um, and it brings on to your point about who's got a test start now and I can only see maybe three players that have got enough that have nosed ahead enough to be considered a strong possibility and that is as, that is as vague as I'm prepared to go I and mean, Chris Harris has come out of absolutely nowhere yeah. <laughs> an amazing game at 13 in his first game and an amazing game at 12 against in, on Saturday um Josh Adams has got to be in there, and he, he's the man's a try scoring machine. Um, 
And I've got to say, Courtney Laws is looking good. He is looking so, he's so, he winds me up, Courtney Laws, because he's so calm. He's just yeah, flat, like, he just floats around like, yeah, it's fine. He's pretty chill, isn't he? He is pretty chill. I think where that happens with Laws is he's he's in the match day squad regardless. Oh, so oh, oh sorry, side note, something I read today. Alan Wynne Jones is back sorry. training with Wales. Mm. There is a consideration to bringing him into the tour side. And I think that would be an absolute insult to the players who are out there at the moment because they have been putting in such unbelievable shifts. And the only games left are the tests. So you're just going to fly and out straight into the test team. Do you think they're, he's being rushed back too early? I hope so. I mean, no, um, maybe. <laughs> no. But if no, you're I... Alan Wynne-Jones, if you're Alan Wynne-Jones, and well, how old is he? 30... 35. It's my, it's my age. He's the same. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> he looks so much older. Well... What would you do at the stage of your rugby career? It's like, right, one last go at the um, Lions. A three-tour Lions. Yeah. With a, with a Lions tour victory and a Lions draw in, in, a, in uh, New Zealand, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it. Not if I want, not at this stage. If it was week one, yeah. If, I, if, he, if he was back, it turns out it wasn't as bad as it looked. It was just a mild bruising or whatever. Yeah, I'd go. I'd, I'd go. But now, the only games left are the, are the tests. Let's be honest. South Africa A, yeah, mate, they might, they're trying to get the Stormers teed up, aren't they? But I don't think that's going to happen. If there's, if there's going to be another game, it's going to be the test, game, test series itself. And you're going to send him out with a recently healed, dislocated shoulder against the Springboks, who are just going to take one look at him, then get rid of him today. Yeah. Alan, Alan Jones is a lame duck, and we're going to break his wing off. That's what's going to happen. He'll just be a target all day. And then you're down a sub early in the game. Your game plan's gone to hell because you've lost one of your, your linchpin players. And it's, yeah, I just wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it. Because I think, I think it's carry on. Because Gatland made a big deal about players being durable. Yeah. Right? You, so that's why Sexton, that was one of the reasons why he yeah. didn't pick Sexton. It was why I was just you... surprised that Luke went with, with that nasty smash to his face. Yeah, but he is pretty durable. Oh, yeah, he's very durable. But again, you know. it, was, it, was that, it was that fine line. Well, Rory Sutherland was another one, wasn't he? He just he just shook off a shoulder uh, injury. But you're not um, take, you know you're not picking Alex Cuthbert and Jack Knoll in this Lions tour, are you? Yeah, not a chance for you know, for durable yeah. players. Yeah. unfortunately. So you know, in that respect, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the other locks. Have all been pretty good. Uh, we, you know, I still think John. I don't think Johnny's done enough to get him. Yeah, was, I was what I was watching him as closely as I could on um, on the weekend, and again, he was just doing. He, he was just doing his job. Yeah, and he's doing his job very well. But he wasn't. And this breaks my heart because I've got a lot of time for Johnny Hill. He's he's a fantastic lock forward. He just wasn't. He just wasn't at the races. I don't know what it, it could have been. The disruption again. Yeah, you but don't again, know what you don't know on all these all these things. One thing, just quickly about the line out, though. Every time he went out for a line out, he secured it. So he, he did. Well, that's, that's why he's there he as well. Yeah, exactly. So, well, um, all of the games are now. All of the tests are now being played in Cape Town. Yeah, because yeah, I saw that. 
So that's hog and daily not needed anymore. Uh, no, not for that particular skill set. But, no. But, yeah, well, to be honest, until Saturday, I thought Elliot Daly would have started at 13, but then he had an absolute pie yeah. of a game. I mean, his hands were made of cabbages. It was absolutely outrageous. I, for, I forgot about that Elliot Daly. I forgot he existed. The one who just gifted you tries. Yeah, the um, game before, he was amazing. Yeah. And then he just, he literally just dropped the ball. Uh, yeah, he just, he, I don't know, he's, he's just he's very erratic, what you're I mean, getting from him. but It worries me that we've not seen enough of Henshaw. I mean, yeah, he's playing on uh, on Saturday against South Africa A, and we'll come to them. Um, but, yeah, it's... The, 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 tour's, the tour's in danger of falling apart, I think. I mean, take, yeah. take the COVID stuff apart. They... No one's played themselves out of contention, as you quite rightly said. And in doing so, I don't see what the strongest 15 is. And therefore, how do you develop said said strongest 15 at, ahead of a three-set series against the world champions? I, mean, the front row, I think the front row that started on Saturday is the strongest overall. But that doesn't mean that they're going to start. The back row is a nightmare. 10 is the only one that you think is guaranteed to be there. But Bigger was terrible. He was, I don't know what got into Dan Bigger at the weekend, but he was all over the shop. Um, the centre partnership of, Hen- of Henshaw and Harris is probably the strongest combination, but we haven't seen anything of Henshaw. He's got an injury. Hoggy's got... That. We don't know. We don't know what's wrong with Stuart Hogg. He could be injured. He might not be injured. Russell might be on the plane home. Marcus Smith's turned up out of nowhere. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, that, the Marcus Smith thing was great. I, no, honestly, that was great. I don't know if you watched the England game, but he didn't know. Evidently, Eddie knew yeah, the he, he was absolutely. I saw the footage of him when he found out he was in absolute pieces. He was, You got don't mess with me, don't mess with me. Like, yeah. So, well, made up for made up for that's the beauty of the Lions. That is the beauty of the Lions, isn't it? Yeah, uh, in itself, it's like comes off the pitch, he's just played his first two cats for England, and they're like, Oh, just so you know, Marcus, uh, you just got to go and do a PCR test and get on a plane to South Africa tonight. <laughs> And he must be like reeling, you know. What, what you know? I know he, he did us over in the final, but he's you know won that final. He's just you know, first cap for England, and now he's going off to the Lions. Now you're lying. That, that that's a pretty decent season. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna cap bookend a season, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, that's and, um, good trolling from Gatland on Eddie Jones yet again. So yeah, again, yeah, again. But, um, well, I mean, let's be honest. He's been juice, isn't he? He's gonna. He's, he's not gonna be in the test. Test. Side. You watch it. You watch it, mate. Well, sure. he's gonna score the winning points in the third <laughs> test. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nah. Um, but but at the same time, he's how old is Marcus Smith? Twenty one. Yeah, something like that. That that's a three test line. The three series line went now because he's got the first one under the bag. Like very much like Hoggy. Hoggy went when he was in his early twenties. Gets gets one nice and early. Gets on the next tour out of merit. Gets on the third tour out of experience. Yeah, so that's how it will go. So Hogg has got a dead leg. Apparently, or, so. or is he the mystery player with COVID? Or he's the only one that hasn't featured. The third, the third option is he? Be, are they just keeping him fresh for the tests? Well, I don't see the point. We'll get, no one else is being kept fresh. Why would you keep a fullback fresh? Because Stuart, Stuart Hogg, he's made of glass. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, he's, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I remember watching him against, against Northampton Saints. He was getting involved with the forwards for crying out loud. I was like, get out of here. You break in the wind. Get, but, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. It, uh, it could be that. It could be a bit of a misdirection. But um, this, who, no, there's another one who's not been... Um, it was Hens- Henshaw been, and him that we hadn't seen in the last couple of games. I think that was it. Yeah, but now Henshaw will be at the isolation period will be over, according to the South African guy. I don't know. It could be. It could be that. Um, I think your point, just going back to your point about the tour being, I mean, it, it doesn't feel, it feels weird to me, this tour. I'm not, yeah. I'm not feeling it. There's no, well, there's been no social media banter going on. There's no videos of the lads out in the community doing doing the training stuff with the local schools or going on an adventure or doing all the that doing all the daft stuff that makes the British yeah, Irish yeah. there's gonna be no story of like Jason Leonard and Gavin Hastings killing a goat in New Zealand. There's gonna be no story like that. There's gonna be no um Sean O'Brien getting nicked by the New Zealand coppers for doing the Superman out the window routine. You know, there's gonna be none there's gonna be none of that. It's just thirty seven guys in a nice hotel in South Africa occasionally being allowed out to play a game of rugby. And doing a bit of a pod, bit of a podcast on YouTube, and that's it. If I hear one more of them mention about making nice coffee, I'm going to fly down there and say, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be like no pants on in a swimming pool somewhere at this time of day. What's going on?" Um, yeah, yeah, and I, and I know what you mean. It's it's like exhibition rugby, isn't it? It's not. There's no impetus, no fans. It's just it's a shame. It's a crying shame. They don't yeah. even have fake crowd noise. Yep. It's just they couldn't get the ref mic right. Did you hear Wayne Barnes on Saturday? The ref mic didn't work properly. He sounded yeah. like he was talking under a bed sheet. <laughs> What's that, Wayne? Sorry. Yeah. Um, the other issue. The other issue. Obviously, the South African team had loads of COVID as well, like yeah. a lot. And yeah. I the think they've got them out. I, I read the news today. There's, there's like riots in Johannesburg. Oh my god. The, some. Uh, Zumba, some political ex president, yeah, the, the most corrupt man in the world. Oh, that's a title, that's a debatable title, I guess. But it is. This is the guy that used the um, apparently used uh, public, public money to build himself a swimming pool and referred to it and then put it on his tax return as basically uh, a counter fire system. Wow, so yeah, <laughs> should have just bought some. <laughs> Tony, Tony Rowe tyres, I think. With yeah. a whole room full of water to stop the fire. It's yeah. like, oh, you can't make this stuff up. Can so, you? yeah, so let's talk about the um, the South Africa A team in brackets. A, is that A A E H with a question mark on the end? Yeah. <laughs> Poss- <laughs> yeah. Possibly their strongest available team. Yeah, I agree with that. The only, no Pollard. Okay, no Khaleesi. Yeah, but they both uh, had COVID. Yeah, they're in the, they're so, in the COVID team. But yeah, my mate, oh, I can't still, still can't say. It. I've been trying to say it all week. Janties is yeah. on the bench. Stain at ten. Another another stain. Baffs at nine. The front row looks is outraged. Etzebet's on. You know, it's, it's yeah, you know the the burn victim and the Arga aren't there, but that just means they've just found another seven foot ten. Springbok infused South African to go in with Etzebeth doesn't really matter. Okay, who's eight? Um, I'm not actually sure. It's not for Moulin, is it? I think no, Moulin's no, he's no. It's, oh, that's Visa. Visa. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh well. I think um, Vermoulin's injured. No, 
I can't remember. I can't remember that looking at it. I, uh, I, I can't. I can't look at my phone now because I keep killing the podcast every time I do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder where one how these these guys get injured because they're so bloody big. You think that you know how they get injured, and two like where they keep finding them from. Well, I heard a. Um, I heard it on the grapevine from a, a former naval um, colleague who was from Zimbabwe that. A lot of lads in South Africa, when they clearly have something about them and they clearly are on the path to greatness within the Springboks, a very special dietitian comes to see them at high school and gives them some very <laughs> special medicine that helps them just get a little bit better. I'm not yeah. saying oh, using yeah. I'm not saying they're using anabolic steroids, but that sounds what that's what it sounds like to me. But there is there <laughs> is some reports, isn't there? Some yeah, I mean you've got to look at the size of their, their props. I mean, they're the size of most domestic scrums. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you went down Devon League six, you could you could chuck in the, the entire pack against one South African prop and they'd still lose the ball. So Probably, like, they're just they're monsters. They're absolute monsters. I think. But the, they're tall. They're all tall. They're all they're like tall. They're generally they're, so tall. A lot of South Africans I've met have always been tall. So apart from South Africa, they've just got to have yeah. one short one in there just to keep and Kobe and, and little Kobe. They just got they just got to have them in there just to keep the keep the the average size down. Yeah. Maybe, it's maybe, maybe something to do with the costing of the kit. The, maybe. Oh, they're, also, they're also big. We've only got so much material left because they can select a guy who's like five foot seven. Oh, yeah, sweet, no problem. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, he's gonna, I think they're going to walk us. I think they're going to walk it South Africa. Eh? I think that team is going to beat the Lions up. To be really honest. Well, we'll see if they. You know, I, I guess they, they haven't really played, so we. No, that's we the only plus guy, doesn't it? So, Sam is on the bench. Uh, for that game as well, which is good, to, which would, which would be good, be a good good experience for them both to get out there um, against, but especially for Simmons, because obviously I mean Luke's played the world, uh, you know, he's played the Six Nations and whatnot, but to, to get Sam out against the best in the world will be good to see. Oh, he's played against Colby before, mate. Yeah. So, but not all these not all these big scary mates. Well, I mean, <laughs> Toulouse, Toulouse had a pretty big. Uh, pack in that semi-final. semi-final yeah, you, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's a good opportunity for Sam Simmons to, to draw a line under Eddie Jones's nonsense about him not being big enough. Yeah, yeah. I just... Well, goes head-to-head head with the South African pack and takes him on. Then and, and this, and you can just turn around and say, well, how's that, Eddie? Is that good enough now? Um, but yeah, I, I, I've got a bad feeling about this weekend. Well, um, I mean, do you want to make a score prediction? Score prediction? I'm going to go... 28-10 to the South African A. Interesting. I think we're going to see our first penalty taken with the boot. Oh, right. On South African because every, every penalty has been a kick to the corner. Yeah. I think, I think this, this is the first time we're actually going to see a place kicker take a penalty for the Lions. Well, I'll go, um, I'm going to go 17-15 Lions. Ooh. I know I, I, I know score I'd rather. But... Brutal game. I think it's going to be tight for a while and then their power is just going to overcome because it's just... That's a big, big pack. When you sent that to me, Mooney sent me the, the South Africa list earlier at work and I just... I gulped. I did. I had a, I had a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> I went, oh, God. I saw Pastor yeah. Clark's name in there with Stain. I think that's a... There's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of highballs for Anthony Watson to deal with. A lot. There's I think it's solid. Moment. Solid. Oh yeah, but it's then there's the kick chase, and it's yeah they're they're gonna they're gonna put us to the sword. 
And also, that I think because they haven't had any game time, very similar to the lads who've had run out so far, they, they're going to want to show they deserve to be there on the big day. It's not just because lads haven't been available for selection. They want to turn around and say, no, hang on. Come on, Rassi, you want to pick us. You want us on, your, on the book. But yeah, I'll be, uh, I think this could. Uh, I think this might backfire on South Africa. Well, we hope so. as Lions fans, I would hope so. Unless, yeah. unless that's the only team they can put out because half their players are in isolation. So that could be it. That could also be it. That could be the reason. We just we don't know what's going on in camps. Do we? We've got we can only read read and and judge opinions based on that information. But the problem the problem I've got now is I am I'm a perennial Scottish rugby fan. I'm prepared for disappointment. And if it happens, if anything contrary to that happens, I'm in a really good mood afterwards because I didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, I guess I guess bit like with Scotland, you don't you like you don't actually even have the hope. Like no. we're in England, we actually have some hope sometimes. But... Every, every year they go to us. Oh, we're the Six Nations this year, boys. No, we yeah. won't. Why are you chatting shit? No, <laughs> if we can beat if we can beat England, okay. If we can beat Wales, great. If we we'll beat Italy, because my nan's team could beat Italy and um, but this not we'll still finish fifth because <laughs> because everyone else will win all their games as well so it's like let's just let's just go out there and not get thumped that'll do us anything beyond that is a bonus winning it's oh, isn't it, but even if you draw with England it's still a win right five years ago they said yes if you draw with England now it's like oh come on yeah, yeah. The thirty-eight all was a win, wasn't it? You you, you took that yeah, as a win because it was at Twickers, and we were what? What was it at half time? It was something ridiculous. I can't remember that. Was that? Um, I put a bet on. I put a bet on at half time that would win 80, 80 nil. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. Mooney yet again has scuppered. Scuppered <laughs> the result. It is it's you, mate? It's you. No, that was a, yeah. that was a bizarre game. That was just utterly bizarre. I I turned it off. I was like, I can't. I can't watch any more of this. It was bizarre. Okay. I checked my phone and went, what? What do you mean? We would have won if George Ford hadn't scored that uh, that worldie right at the end. But you're the yeah. fan that you're the fan that walks out at half time. Well, and then, you, and then you, get, you get back to your hotel and you're like, what's going on? That happened, <laughs> that happened in the um, the France game. Well oh. where we live, we keep we get ro- we get rolling power cuts sometimes. And uh think often oh, oh well. We weren't going to win that. We're, we're a man down. Yeah, they had the, they were leading. Last time I saw us, we were on the 22. Went and sorted, went and sorted everything out. Checked my phone. What? <laughs> Kids, get out of the way. Turn the TV back on. So, yeah, um, you get you get used to it. But, uh, but uh, we've digressed massively there. But, you know, that, that South Africa 18, as I say, it looks very strong. I think I think they'll do the number on, on the lines. I hope they don't. I hope they don't. And I just hope Chris Harris continues to have a great game because right now, and I said to you this in the week, when, when at the start of this tour, I thought the bolted-on test starters for the, from the Scottish contingent was uh, Watson and Hogg. And now, I think it's Harris and Sutherland. Those two, those, two, those two boys have put such a great amount of effort in that they deserve. Of the Chiefs mm-hmm. boys, Hogg and Cowan Dickey, definitely. And I, I think Hogg, Cowan Dickey and Simmons will all be in the match day squad. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Jamie George will start a hooker, personally. Um, unless Ken Owens does something amazing at the weekend, he just doesn't yeah. seem to be. He, the sheriff hasn't seemed to be his usual self. But then again, he's he's I a just, I think he's such a good impact sub as well, isn't he? So yeah, exactly. he's 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 light. He's lightning. 
he's still he's very good at the mall. I mean, the, the mall's been poor as well. That's another mm-hmm. thing. The mall's been very poor, but you know he, he'll get he'll get him to do the dirty dirty work. And Zimmer off the bench would be really good to see. I think Falatau's just not there, is he? He's not seen anything from him in the games he's he's played. Conan was good, so I'd, as I said to you last week, I'd expect Conan to start. We just need just need to see that combination of Curry and Watson. We need to see that. That has to happen. Mr. Gavin, it has give to happen. Yeah. Give us what we want. Um, give the people what they want. That's what we yeah, want. As a chief boy, yeah, you'd expect you'd expect Hogg to be the one guaranteed chief, wouldn't you? You'd expect you'd expect him to be there. Um, hopefully, it's not not the Rona. But then again, they said that the um, all players have returned to training. So who knows? Who knows? We've spoken for quite a long time on that. We have, yeah. We have. I think that's I think that's basically it for Chiefs news this week that we can realistically cover. There is. I mean, we've got the fixture list tomorrow, coming out tomorrow, so we'll cover that uh, on episode four. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, get some good, uh, good, nice and early home fixtures against the big boys so we can rebuild for next season. Um, nice. Yeah, so I think, I, I think I'll do this tonight, Mr Mooney. What do you think? Yeah. Guys, everyone who is actually listening to us, if you've got any questions, we do have a Facebook group, Tribe Talking. Pop a question in there. We'll try and answer it next week. And, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's it for this week. That is us. Well, thank you for listening. This was Tribe Talking. I was Flacky. He was Mooney. See you next week. Bye.